Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler Sweeney. Tyler, what's up, my man? You know what? We figured we had a day off. We might as well just jump on a podcast anyhow. Being that we had no post-game show, and we're probably both thinking Jim might be on with us if we do it at night, right? No. He's out of town again. Yeah, shocking. I was going to say, yeah, actually, we, we didn't have a day off. It was a self-proclaimed day off. We just decided to take the day off because, like you said, we had no one to do the game today. It's a day game. It is what it is. The Pirates have taken four years off. We're allowed a day. Yeah. But we didn't even take the day. We're here. Here we are. No, honestly, no. we knew there's no post games. We decided, you know what? Let's do it, and it's on live. Albeit, what aspect have we not talked about with this organization yet? Like this past week? I mean, like, first off, just think like last month, you had the draft. We've talked about the draft, the schemes. You talk about this day to day stuff. We had the MLB show trade deadline yesterday. Like, we've done a post game show left? every day. <laughs> right. What is left? Well, the thing is, we haven't really gotten a chance to just talk broadly about the Pirates, I don't think. Everything's been very micro and we haven't gotten to talk on the macro level about this organization i don't think other than the few passing comments we make after games yeah yeah i think sometimes some of the games get a little tangents which is fine um because mostly the games you could probably record a show and we could push play and just trick the audience every time just play the same show over again right for the most part and it would it would work so, yeah, we go on little tangents here and there. We did do an NS9 Live last week, though, also. So we had a little bit of a broader picture. I've already kind of forgotten what we talked about. <laughs> but at any rate, we did, right? And we had a Starbucks. We had the post games. You had the MLB trade deadline show. And then we're on here right now doing NS9 Live. But you know what? We thought about it. What is there to talk about? We haven't uh, really talked and dug uh, deep did about. We talk about? Oh, it was it was our trade deadline preview we did. That's right. So we previewed the deadline, then we talked about the deadline. <laughs> it's been a grind lately, but <gasps> you've been called out. I know. I saw that. I looked down. I'm like, wow, I'm not wearing black. You just talked about last night on the trade deadline. I show. know this might be the first show you'll see me not in black. I'm sure there's a few stragglers out there. So anyways, 
like mentioned, you know, we've talked about Shelton here and there, but we haven't really talked about him. And like you said, like the broad scope of things. So I think one thing we'll talk about tonight, of course, is Derek Shelton, how we feel. I think uh, that's kind of a hot topic as well. So, you know what? Peek behind the curtains. It's right for the Johnny Appleseed. Oh, my God. Because Johnny Appleseed's a big deal. festival you talk about every freaking year. That's coming up, isn't it? It's in the yep. fall, right? Yep. About two months. The highlight. <laughs> like your entire year. Yeah. It's great. Food trucks. Food trucks. Apple ice cream. Apple beer. You're so old. Correct. Broad scope, Derek Shelton. Here we are. Yeah, so Derek Shelton. But I was going to say is like a peek behind the curtains. I'm going to be honest. Tyler and I thought about this, and um, we want to rely on you. <laughs> so for you people watching this show, also, any questions, any comments, whatever you want, throw at us. We'll be looking in the comments to answer them. But I think the main topic today will be about Derek Shelton. Uh, so let's get into that. Derek Shelton, good or not? Oh, boy. Um, so we've talked a lot about, we, we believe that the players like Derek Shelton. I don't know if we have a firm or confirmation on that at all. Um, but just from the outside looking in through peeking through the glass, it looks like, you know, they don't, they like playing for him. Seems like a guy that can somewhat keep the, the clubhouse together, which I do question because how can you be this bad if you keep the clubhouse together? At the end of the day, we're still talking about a guy that might have maybe the I haven't really dug that deep into it, but he's got to be very high up there in terms of losing percentage for managers with three years under their belt. He's on a pathetic track. Yeah, I. I know we talk a lot about he can only do so much with what he's given because Derek Shelton or Ben Sherrington really hasn't given him much. We all know that, but at the end of the day, we've seen at the very least these prior two years, and I'd say a good bit of uh, the last few months here, I don't know that we've really seen Derek Shelton look like a guy that wants to win all the time and that it's just like the first thing on his mind. Right. To, to come, I mean, I've said this time and time again, you know, like where I stand on managers, most managers in baseball are bad. You know, you want to talk about the, the in-game stuff, the X's and O's, all that's, you know, right. Like most are bad. And I keep always going back. Like the most, I think the best way I should say, the best way to highlight this is go back to the world series and the Cubs and the guardians. Right. And Terry Francona outmanaged the hell out of Joe Madden ran circles around him did every right move. Joe Madden is just a terrible in-game manager and, and made all the wrong moves basically. And Joe Madden still won. Like it was like, I, does it matter? Right. So like for one, it shows the emphasis of how little a manager truly matters in the grand scheme of things to go back to Nick or sorry, Nick Neil. Uh, Cause we know how much Neil is a Shelton truther. Yeah. I'm, I'm messing with you, Neil, but yeah, like he says, can, why can't Shelton make Nick Gonzalez not swing at balls in the dirt, right? I mean, it's ultimately on the players. Players are the ones that win. But I do think managers matter mostly like uh, you're going with the clubhouse stuff. Keeping a clubhouse together, keeping a guys positive, keeping them loose, ready for the next game, like all the other stuff. And I feel like that's where Derek Shelton is best at. But also, 
that doesn't mean much. In sports, I was best at basketball. The grand scheme of things, I sucked, <laughs> right? <laughs> so just because that's where he's best at doesn't mean like he's good. That's just where he's best at. But overall, I just don't really feel Derek Shelton is that guy. Yeah, I've held the opinion before that I, I would love to find out what would happen if you just got a guy, I guess, like a Derek Shelton, and you just handed off all the in-game strategy stuff to the fans. I, I think it might be at least pretty close to equally as successful as a major league manager. Because like you said, I think most of them are pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, I feel like we've gone through a lot of phases with, with uh, opinions on managers, just as baseball fans. At one point, it was the old school way of, you know, just knowing ball. That was about it. Then we, we slowly switched to this phase where money ball took over and all you want is a figurehead and essentially the clubhouse guy. Then we kind of moved where the GM was kind of the manager and the, uh, the actual manager was pretty much just a CEO or just the face to try to make sure everybody's happy all the time, like a psychologist. I feel like yeah. the, the tide is turning a little bit now where that gut feeling and things like that, not going by the book nor by the numbers, is coming back around where now it feels like we're going to be into a happy medium, I hope, where you're looking for a guy that can go by the numbers but also no ball enough to just be able to use the gut feeling every now and then. Right. Like I feel like what made Hurdle successful is analytics starting to get pretty prominent at that point. Everyone knows about analytics now, right? Like for the most part, everyone's bought into them. You know, players, organizations, whatever, right? For the most part, they bought into them. Let me see it. We'll go from there and work on it. So like back in 2011, 2012, 2013, it was still like the new frontier. And Hurdle had a pretty important job to let the players buy into that. And like, again, like that's where it really mattered. He might not have been the great in-game manager. We, we mm-hmm. talked about Hurdle enough. I know we weren't a, really a prominent show back I then, tweeted right? about him enough. I was going to say, we didn't like really talk about him like in this sphere, but I know we talked about him in our own personal lives <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, right? But like that was big. Like those teams don't exist if Hurdle doesn't get everyone to buy into what they're preaching. That's huge. And so I think you're right. You know, like with all the numbers, all the stuff that's out there, I think what you're really finding too is the managers are becoming less and less important because the analytics dictate what to do. That's how a lot of organizations are run. Well, this situation, this is what's called for. You don't need that intuition as a manager. It's, it's all laid out for you, right? You pretty much go in every season and, like, and you have the game plan set. It's done. Here's what I do. So I think it's less and less of that. Um, but again, like it could be turning, right? Everything's black and white I, I now. Don't know. I think it's turning. Well, I'm saying it could be turning because if everything's black and white now, now you kind of need the managers that, because we know analytics isn't the end-all be-all. Right. And I think there's some organizations that have, to a fault, bought into them all the way. Right? So like that's, like I think what you're saying, that's kind of getting into. Now you're trying to get the actual manager managing stuff instead of just being the analytics. Yeah. I really do think the tide is turning a little bit where we're going to find a happy medium. At least I, I really hope so. 
because I really just hate going by the book. And but I also hate the entire old school way of thinking. And I mean, for how long teams have been trying to find that advantage, maybe this is the next advantage here. Um, I just wanted to touch real quick on one of these chats in here. Sean mentioning that how can you say Shelton doesn't know how to win when he hasn't had the chance to even win? Let's give him next year. He's going to get next year regardless. My problem is that they have not overachieved one bit. They've been really bad, but they could have just been bad. They didn't have to be really, really bad for three straight years. Yeah. Nobody's playing above their heads. This team hasn't played above their heads other than one month in three. How many years are we on now for this rebuild? Year three? This is four. Four? This is four. It's been a long time. I don't remember anymore. Year four, oh, we've year. seen one month of this team playing above their head. Yeah. And it got him an extension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was it was perfectly time for Derek Shelton. He picked the right month to do it. But you're right. Part of the problem is that they are bad. They've been bad. They made sure they're bad. But I guess it just comes down to, again, like even knowing the parts that they have, it's just like the decision-making that he makes a lot of times, it's gotten better. Like the one thing we talked about last year, we talked about a little bit, just a little bit. This year we talked about it more, of course, in April. But obviously in April, things were going very, very well. So it maybe just didn't matter what buttons he was pushing. It was magic happening in April. Right. Um, things have improved a bit, right? Like, I'm not saying he's the worst manager in baseball. I'm not saying he's doesn't belong in baseball. And that's like, like it's just with what he's been given, though, this isn't making you question a lot. And we talk at X and O's here. And again, I've stressed that that's not the most important part to me. So let's go to like, the stuff that he does excel at, right? His his better part, the clubhouse stuff and all that. One of my biggest gripes with him is just the fact that, again, this is part of it, but like just the fact that he doesn't have any of his guys' backs. I don't understand that. Like, I just really don't. Like, he's never out there. You see a guy getting hosed on a strike three call, and he's just like, all right, well. <laughs> on the last out of the game. We'll get to that. I want to get to that. <laughs> Okay. After we talk about this portion, this portion. Okay. No, I mean we've talked about it a lot, and then you see it more, and I think you see us get more frustrated when it's a guy like Brian Reynolds or one of your dudes that gets rung up on a bad call. You've got to be out there, like every you can't do it every time, obviously, but we don't see it at all. The only time we really see him argue is when it's something extremely egregious. Or there was that one time that he knew the rule book better than everybody else in the field. That was cool. Yeah. The one time. That was the one time I might have been proud of him as a manager. <laughs> right. Um, I won't go that far being the one time proud of him, but like, it's a problem to me. It's just a problem that you don't have your guys' backs in again like in the sport of baseball and just athletics at all it's a competition you're out there to win this is, i feel like this is something we stressed the first two years of this rebuild over and over and over again the front office chooses to lose right like they do things 
to lose. The coaching staff should never, right? Like for the people that were talking, because again, that was back in the like the tanking days, you know. Yeah. Front offices tank. Coaching staffs and teams shouldn't, because if they are, that's a huge, huge, huge problem. And there was, there was things that could suggest that you know, well, this is okay because they're tanking, right? Like there was a lot of passes for Derek Shelton because they're tanking. And that's literally what the problem was. If you think that's okay and you think, well, he's doing that because they're tanking, you're not a manager. I, I don't want you to make moves to lose. That's not the culture you want to build for the team, right? It's like you're not – that's just terrible as it is. Um, and again, like going forward now, I don't think we have too many thoughts of tanking now, right? Like, again, you have better players – it's not so much ta- like again like there's not, not a Miguel Deposo anymore at least it's not yeah. as obvious okay that's fair <laughs> but like you know what I mean like you're not truly out there tanking having the worst absolute garbage team there's been improvements you have most of your prospects up right now that you've acquired with all those trades and the tanking and the rebuild you know so you don't have that out anymore and I understand they're still not a good team but like there's still many questions on the decision-making that it does. The lineups every day, the, the bullpen usage. I mean, just there's so much. And again, going back to just having your teams back. I don't want – oh, this is what I was going with it. Um, sorry. That was a long drink of water, as you like to say. Long walk for a Sports short drink of water. Sports is, is a competition, right? I don't want to be bullied night in and night out. And like that's what I feel like this team is. They're constantly being bullied. Stand up. Like, stop being bullied every time. So a lot of things you just said there, but the point I really do want to touch on is... It was a lot. <laughs> um, the setting of the lineups, things like that, being a, the, the front office being the ones that tank, the manager, the coaching staff, the players, they can't tank. It feels like Derek Shelton was involved with the tanking from the get-go. And that's a problem to me. Right. It didn't feel like he was always trying to win in spots where it was a very winnable spot. And it wasn't even as if he was putting development ahead of trying to win, which I can live with. If you've got, say, a young starter on the mound, you want to see him get through a sixth inning. It might blow the game, but you want to give him that opportunity because you want him to learn from it. I can get that type of thing. It didn't feel like he was ever doing any of that. And there's a lot of stuff about, you know, the team that Sherrington's given him. I don't want a guy that's going to play Josh Van Meter at first base as often as he did. He's in charge of that kind of stuff. And if he's not, I don't want a yes man that's going to take that. The be- I think the best organizations in general are the ones that have a little push and pull from the up top to the managers. You can't just go a step in line with everything that your GM tells you. It doesn't work. I don't think it's ever really worked. I can't think of a World Series winner where it feels like top to bottom, the GM's pulling all the strings. The Yankees tried it when they hired Aaron Boone. Yes. It's not working. Yes. I wanted to go there exactly. 
and that was also the point I was saying about organizations to the extreme to a fault on analytics. I think the Yankees is a perfect example of that too. Absolutely. So Cubs when they hired David Ross. Didn't work. Yeah. Um I've spaced out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I legit forgot what I was going to say. You had to bring up the Yankees, and now my mind's blank. No, Going I back to, to Shelton and the tanking and stuff, again, right. Like that, That's a clear problem. And so like with all the stuff that we've said about him so far, to circle back to today, I think this kind of extrapolates everything, okay? I wasn't watching the game. Why we didn't do a post game, right? None of, none of us were really watching the game. We weren't seeing it, right? But I went back and saw the last out. I, saw, I watched Cabrian Hayes up to the plate with bases loaded, full count, and the strikeout. Tyler? Yes. That in no way was a strike. Now, mind you, I'm not that guy that, that blames umps, complains about umps. Like, it happens. You know what I mean? Like, like I will say the umpiring has been bad, but I'm not. I'm not blaming umps for wins and losses. I'm not, well, the Pirates should have had that win, but the umps were against, you know what I mean? First off, umpiring's garbage everywhere. It's not just the Pirates, okay? A lot of Pirates fans think everyone's out to get them somewhat. They're probably more Steelers fans. That's why I think everyone's out to get them, and they just watch them, the Pirates. But anyways. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, that strike three was garbage. And again, I'm not putting that... Like on the loss. The Pirates could have done way more to win that game. That's not why they lost. But what pissed me off seeing this now was on that strike three, that was clearly not a strike. Cabrian Hayes on his first day back off the IL just put his head down and walked away. And now granted, okay, Cabrian Hayes is pretty reserved. He's he's that's kind of his personality. So maybe I kind of get it. But no fire from Brian Hayes. Nothing. It's like, okay, my job's done. I get to go home now. And then the camera goes into the dugout. I get to go home. And that was Derek Shelton as well. Okay. We get to go home now. I'm sorry. I take, I take huge issue with that right now. And I understand you're a last place team and this isn't like playoff implications and such on this win. But what losers? You were down at that point by three because a batter walked in. So you're down by three. Bases were loaded still. The winning runs at the plate. And that guy just puts his head down, walks away. Doesn't give two shits that that call is what ended it. And the manager felt the same way. Wasn't going out there. Even talked to the umpire. Yeah. Nothing. You know what? Day game, I'm done. It's four o'clock, guys. Where's the bourbon? I'm sorry. Huge issue with that. <laughs> That's literally what it's like. <laughs> It's like when you get an email like two minutes before you're about to log <laughs> off. You're like, yeah, it'll be there tomorrow. Click. <laughs> I'm thinking that's a half fine. day. Click. I says employees, that's fine. 
No, that's really what it's like for this team at this point. Like, I don't know, man. It's a bad look. At the very least, you have to get up there and you just got to go walk out there and tell the umpire you messed that one up, man. And then just walk away. But but you at least got to show face that I'm, I maybe cared a little bit about this game, which to be fair, from the lineup we put out there, it was pretty obvious he didn't care about that game. So again, start to finish. Why are we questioning Shelton? Here you go. Yeah, I, I, that's really okay. a lot of what it Why comes was Pagaro not there? Right. Why was Jason Delay behind the plate? I know your GM provided these players. You have, and your GM has come out and said that the lineups are all on you. He's made sure to pass the buck on to you. He's made sure to remove himself from all the in-game hate. It's on Derek Shelton. I give him every opportunity to make him create his own lineups, set up his own orders, do anything and everything. This is on him. Day-to-day is on him. So then fine. Day-to-day is on you. From the start, Peguero is not playing. Delays catching, not Henry, which your GM has said. Once his deadline crosses, Henry Davis behind the plate. You're 1-1. No, we'll have Jason Delay behind the plate. And he sit, Henry in right field. Andy sat twice in like four days. What the hell are we doing here? They just traded every first baseman this team has. Just get his damn bat in the lineup. That's aside from the point. But I don't get it, dude. Like, I guess my question to you here is, coming into this year, I said that if the Pirates don't win 75 games, this year is a complete failure. I understand O'Neill Cruz went down, so that might have changed things a hair. I don't, in my opinion, it doesn't. I still think you got to find a way to win 75 games with the roster that was constructed. Mm-hmm. If this team somehow finds a way to end up at 75 wins, is your opinion going to change on Shelton? I, I don't think it will. And here's why. Because I don't think he's going to do things over the course of the rest of the year that makes me think, you know what? Good move, Derek Shelton. You know what? This isn't early season Derek Shelton. This is different. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm going to see much from Derek Shelton. And again, this goes back to, and Sean kind of talked his comment here. Sean says, you can't be put in this best position to win when you have a shit roster. Give the man the opportunity with a decent roster first before we fire him. He deserves next year. After that, if it's bad, fire. So again, Ultimately, we both feel players is what truly matters, you know? So in the grand scheme of things, this is minute. But I do feel, again, X's and O's. And that's the stuff like we're talking about. Like when you see him making moves, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to see second half Derek Shelton say, well, he wasn't doing that first half. Oh, I like that. I like that pool. Or I like him keeping him there in that situation. Or I like that lineup. I don't think I would be saying those things. So therefore, that's why I don't think my, Position is going to change just because they win. If they win, I feel it's because the guys they caught up, your Endies are playing well. Henry Davis is playing well. You know, Peggy's playing well. Like, I feel like the rookies that are here are playing really well and therefore the winning, not because Derek Shelton has just went in the trenches and like, I'm going to win every single game and done it. 
Yeah, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there because if they do go on a streak here, it almost has to be just because these young guys get hot. Aside from that, I can't imagine it being anything that Derek Shelton really does. So here's my problem, and this goes back to today's game, and that's why I really wanted to talk about this and definitely bring up that point because back to Sean's point here, about having this shit roster and needing to wait another year for the better roster to see what he has. Again, most managers are bad in game. It's all the other stuff to me that's most important. That display today, I don't want him around the next winning organization. Like, if next year's team's supposed to be that team, I don't need his loser ass mentality. And I'm sorry to say it that way. You know, this is extreme right now. But to make my point, I don't want that mentality there. My biggest problem, there's been a lot of problems. Might not be my biggest, but I've been very vocal on the culture, on the mentality, on all this, right? My biggest fear has been complacency. And you've had this organization up to this whole point. You've had this regime. You have your Reynolds, your Hayes. And again, if Hayes is one of your leaders because he's been here from the start, he's the, the veteran now, and that's the way he's acting on that strike three, that's instilled. That's what you've created. That's part of the culture now. We see Brian Reynolds almost the same way. He gets fired up sometimes. I'll say that. Yeah. But for the most part, whatever. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family. With more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. This is the culture you've, you've bred, and this is the culture you're going to carry over. So when this team is ready to compete, are they still going to be the, the one getting bullied? Are they still going to be the, mm, well, there's tomorrow. I feel like now's the time you have to. You have to bring in the new voice. You have to bring in the new perspective. You have to make the change now because I don't want the same complacency in this organization and clubhouse where this team is capable of winning 90 games. And therefore, they do underperform because they have the talent, but didn't have the tools needed to carry that talent. And they did what they did this year when there was at least enough to win 75 games and they played like a 60 win team. Yeah. You bring up the new voice there. I've mentioned this before. The Cubs back in 2014, when they fired, what's his face? Uh, I can't rent. Was it rent three? That was the manager. I can't remember who it was. And they brought in Joe Madden. And, I think so. Yeah. They brought in Joe Madden in 2015. You can obviously make the argument 
they did get more talented. They brought in some guys. They had a 20-game improvement that year. They were in the midst of a rebuild. You could see the pieces start to arrive there in 2014. Some of those, Jake Arrieta had that first year where he was very good. Some other guys were coming up. You could tell they were on the cusp. They got rid of their manager. Is it all Joe Madden and his magic? No. But a new voice can go a long way. Think back to whenever the Cardinals signed or fired Mike Matheny in the middle of the season. The Cardinals took off. At some point, the same voice just isn't working. Mm-hmm. And you and at some point, just making a change for the sake of a change does work. That's especially a really in a sport good point. like baseball. Yes. Actually, almost every sport. Like, think about what you said and, and think about it in even in NBA. And the NFL. Penguins won two Stanley Cups after they fired the head coach midseason. Sure. Okay, that might have happened. I don't know. <laughs> if you're new to this, not the big hockey. No, I'm fan. saying they did it twice. Fired the yes, no, I'm saying and won yeah, the cup that know. year. But think about that. Think of how many times you look at the coach being fired and then boom, like the team rallies. And I'm not trying to say this will happen. It has to happen or whatever, but I am fearful again of the complacency. And I am fearful. I'm living in my fears. That's what this comes down to. There's nothing that makes me feel like he is the guy. And if he's not the guy, then you turn over to leave. I don't need to try every excuse and attempt to defend him. You like, it should just be there. Mm -hmm. You should just see it. He's the guy. I want him. You should want him because you want him. Not want him because, well, he's not that bad. What is this excuse? What is that problem instead? Like, Stop excusing everything and look and see what is good about him. And I want those qualities. And I don't see what is good about him. And I want those qualities. I hear excuses of why it's okay to keep him. Yeah, that's the other thing. I keep hearing people say like, well, what are you actually going to criticize him on? What are we going to compliment him on? I can't think of a single thing he's done well. Correct. What has he done well? At this point, he's been here four years. Well, three and a half. And he looks like a professor that's been at a college for 25 years that has tenure. He's got his feet up and everyone's out of class 20 minutes early. He's done. Yeah. And he got that extension. Now, I'm not trying to say that's why or whatever. No, but... just in general through the entire tenure. He's, right. It's like a stay the course, stay the course, but we don't know where the hell we're going. Amen. <laughs> Trust the process until the process Amen. takes you off the bridge. Again, like that's just where I'm at. There's nothing that makes me feel he is the guy. And if you don't feel that, there's no reason to keep him. And at the same time, it's a great opportunity for him. He became a manager, yeah. first-time manager. Like you're not going to turn that down, right? It was a great opportunity for him. But it is kind of like a lame duck situation. You know, you're there. It's a losing culture. This kind of just is the way, too. It's time to turn over that new leaf. Like, you need that new voice. Yeah. And again, like, I don't see... If he came in, he was brand new. And again, like, you're just seeing things. I, 
I felt it at first. And I, what I want to say to that is like, you were seeing him in Musgrove. It felt like connecting majorly. There, there was like those connections brewing. Mm-hmm. And as we talked, that's the stuff that means more to me. You know, so like at first I'm like, hmm, Derek Shelton. Peaking my interest here. Let's look closely into this. But it hasn't been enough on that aspect. It has not been enough. And again, if that's what you're going to excel at and it's eh, then uh, there's no need to keep you here. Find that other guy. you got to mm-hmm. take this talent, this team over the hump to the next step. And I don't think he is ready and prepared to go to the next step. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And there's just a lot of comments here. I want to respond to all at once, but I can't. Um, I don't know, man. He's just, he hasn't done anything to make me want to keep him. That's really as simple as I can put it. I haven't seen anything out of Derek Sheldon at this point that makes me think he's going to, that he's a good manager. I know people can say that we haven't seen, there's nothing really to criticize about him, this, that, and the other. Like, what does he do really poorly? Well, what does he do well? I said that before, but that's really what it comes down to. What does mm-hmm. he do well? Name me one thing. What has improved since Derek Shelton has gotten here? And to some of these comments, like Jim says, the accountability for anything except cash on his phone, stuff like that. It's to me, there's a fine line there. And like Sean's point here, you know, sarcastic saying so players can't dance. Sometimes laughter and fun can change the tide. Trying to get a point. This is why I'm not too hard when, especially in baseball, right? Because a lot of people are like, you you see the comments. I mean, just think about Juju. Actually, just think about Juju, right? How blown up that is. You stop dancing and, and focus on baseball maybe or football. Maybe it'd be good. You know, like I'm not the guy that's like baseball, baseball, baseball. Like you have to, it's a grind. You have to have fun. As a manager, you have to find ways to incorporate that. Actually, I mean, Kutch talks about all the time, even like as a player, right? And again, that's what a lot of the vets are here to teach and learn, pass on, right? So like there's the fine line of keeping things loose. And you have to have respect though. And in both ways, have respect that, you know, you could be part of the clubhouse. You're not... You're not like the disciplinary guy who's always coming down on players, right? But you also have to have some of that discipline. You can't just be, hey, I want to be the friend. (laughs) So I guess like that's where the accountability part comes in with Jim. But in the same sense, for people who think that he's too lax, to Sean's point, like you have to have some of that, especially in a baseball. So you have to be able to manage both. And I feel as if that's what we say about like the players coach, you know, like, he does the other aspect stuff pretty, pretty well. I don't, it, it just, it, he doesn't like to be mean, maybe. That's why he doesn't go out there and go to the umps. That's why there's no accountability. Like, he, is that what it is? I I think you can go back. Would you argue that Clint Hurdle was a bit more of a player's coach as well? He did well with the clubhouse. That's why I liked Hurdle. In 2011, McCutcheon did not run out of ground ball. Andrew McCutcheon got benched the next day. Do you ever see Derek Shelton doing anything like that? I'm not shocked you remember that. 
because I sure as hell didn't. But I'm glad you did, because good point. Answer is no. Also, biggest defender of Castro. Biggest defender of Castro. Maybe not the biggest, but certainly one of them, mm -hmm. because actually there was some that went way overboard. He should have been benched the next game. Yeah. There were people calling the idea fade, you know, sent down to deny all this. No, no. Like this is a learning opportunity, but he should have absolutely been benched. Like you just have to do it. You just have to be like, listen, this was dumb. You're an idiot. Don't do it again, but it's okay. But I, you know, I have to bench you. Like Casho, I think was probably shocked that he wasn't even benched. To put it better, if O'Neill Cruz does what Castro does, does he get benched the next day? Because that's what Andrew McCutcheon was in 2011. Rodolfo Castro got thrown under the bus nonstop by this front office and coaching staff. And they he backed did. over him too. He did, but even there, he should have. I mean, he was fined. Right. He was suspended, right? He was suspended a game. Was it one? I think just one. I think just one, yeah. Okay. But he wasn't benched. Like he was out there starting the next day. That's a terrible message. Even though it was stupid, it was silly. It's not the end all and end of the world. And like, oh my God, this happened. He needs to be DFA'd. But like, you got to walk up and say, you know, I got a city tomorrow now, right? Yeah. Like, that was dumb. Get your head out of your ass. That was dumb. You're sitting tomorrow, but I love you. That's that's the message. And that, yeah. again, this is coming from me. One of the biggest supporters of Rodolfo Castro. Yeah. I didn't get that. But, I mean, early on in your career as a manager, there are times where you pick your spots, and especially if you're going to be a guy like Derek Sheldon has been, where it seems he's more of a clubhouse guy. You got to pick your spots to where you got to be the bad guy. I don't know that he ever did that. Now, granted, nobody ever really stuck around long enough for to walk all over him. So, sure, I guess that maybe that's just where we're at. I don't know. I, we're forty-one minutes in talking about Derek Sheldon. I still don't know what he does well that people want to keep him for. And this is more of an analogy for like Charrington of why I guess for the people saying the same thing. Like, you have to wait for Charrington's people to come. You have to wait to see this through. Again, this, this is more of an analogy for that. But, like, if you buy a house, like you're buying a house, right? If you're building a house, you've hired builders to build your house, right? And there's 75% through, and you're looking at that house, and you're saying to yourself, this looks terrible. Are you, as the paying yeah. customer, going to say, but I got to let you finish it? Like I can't, I, I can't criticize you now, even though it's crooked, and I'm pretty sure there's a hole in the floor. I have to wait till you finish it, then I can criticize you. Like that yeah, doesn't make sense. You right? know what? Then I'm just gonna hire an interior designer. They might fix it. I don't know. It might look good then. You know what? Yeah, just buy a rug. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then you can't see the floor. <laughs> and then I'm gonna plant my trees crooked. So, you know, it makes the optics look like the house is straight. That's where I'm at. Like, you don't have to wait. There's no rule that says you have to wait. It sounds stupid if your only position is 
well, you just have to wait because you're, again, you're not telling me, yes, you need to keep them because of this. It's a default of, well, you just have to wait, let the other stuff come up and then find out you've had four years to see what he can do. You should have been able like to analyze this. Like there's still things to take away. Even the team's losing. You shouldn't have to wait two years of the rebuilds built foundation house, everything to then decide, Oh yeah, we screwed up. But now Reynolds is 32. Now Hayes is 30. You know, now Henry Davis is 26. Oh damn. What are we going to do? It's too late. It's too late. Then, then you, then it puts you in a position. You got to hire a Tony LaRusso to try to dig yourself out of it. You're rebuilding again is what you're doing, Tyler. Cause you're firing the GM cause you waited too long. So he's getting a new coach cause he's a new GM. And he's saying, well, Brian Reynolds is 32 and Hayes is 30. And he's only a defensive guy. His defense is going to go downhill. He's going to be a terrible player now. So we got to rebuild this all over again. You know what? And that's the other thing that everybody's going on about that. Well, managers don't really matter. So he's just got to be a good clubhouse guy. If managers don't matter, then get rid of him and get a new one. Sounds easy to me. Just go get a new one then. If if he's like a reliever where they're just so volatile that it doesn't matter, <laughs> you just keep recycling them. Like Ben Sherrick has dealt with this entire bullpen for four years. Why don't we do that with the manager? Yeah. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Constant Contact's digital marketing platform is just what your small business needs to stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. With an easy-to-use, powerful tool set of email and SMS marketing and social media and events management, you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your growth. Not a marketer? No sweat. With our AI content generator and automated emails and texts, you'll say the right thing at the right time, every time. So get going and growing with Constant Contact today. Try it free at ConstantContact.com. We spent 45 minutes talking about Derek Shelton. And we thought we didn't have a show tonight. I know. We're here, though. Um, that was a lot of Derek Shelton. The yeah. Chat. But honestly, it was certainly a good topic that we haven't really dove in like this, I think, ever. We've talked about it, but never really like this. But obviously, like now we're four years into it. There's a lot to really talk about. But anyways, if we're talking here, what I was saying is this chest, I mean, man, they're going at each other's throats right now. So clearly, this is a device, divisive topic. I mean, it is. There's, there are yeah. a lot of Derek Sheldon defenders. Chris, now do Haynes. I don't have the energy. I think the Haynes. For Andy Haynes. Get him, get him out. I am fully on. If we want to go that route and discuss, which I've already said it before. I am fully on board. Every single coach can get fired. I will not care one bit. I'm not out here saying every single one has to, but if they do, I'm perfectly okay. It happened. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't really see how Andy Haynes maintains his job going into the next year. 
I just can't see him keeping him. He feels like he's going to be the scapegoat. He has to be. Fire everyone. That's my stance. Fire everybody. I think every next year needs to go. be turning over to New Leaf. Everybody has to go. It's a whole new coaching staff here with the new guys. Here's how we're going to win. Yeah, I think, I mean, even Marine, his seat's got to be warm. Like, there's been too many misses of young guys coming up that just, it's not working. Do you remember how much I hated Marine? Yeah, I, I never long, really became a fan of him. And how long it took me to get onto the, okay, I don't hate him. Then early this year, you actually even heard me say, you know what? This pitching staff, this the, the coaching, right? They've earned enough that you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I actually said that. You know what? I'm back to where I was. Oscar Marine is a great pitching triage. He will tell you where you need to go to get better. Only if you ask, though. Because he won't be forthcoming and see that this person needs to work on something different and send you there. It's only when you've become the worst pitcher in baseball and your back's to the wall and you say, I need to do something. And then he'll say, hey, call up Clay Holmes. Hey, go to Trade Athletics. Hey, Rwanda. Ronzi, you're next. I can't fix you, but I know a guy. Somewhere in Seattle, Washington. (laughs) There you go. I am perfectly okay with Osmarine getting fired as well. Yeah, there's there's just way too much. There's way too much that's gone wrong with these young guys. The Rowanzi and Luis Ortiz just being absolute failures this year. And Rowanzi's the big one, I think, because he's had a lot more time with Marine. And the amount of regression we've seen out of him, it he's he's just gotta go. I'm okay fearful. keeping him, but he I think he's gotta go. Like I'm not gonna be upset if he's the last remaining person. I'm just very fearful, and you're the one who keeps bringing it up too. But this whole slider thing just 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 feels I don't know what like it, the two seam of the old regime. Right. You know, it's like everyone's gotta have the slider now. And again, like in April, very successful team. Ronzi was pitching well, Vince Velasquez was pitching well. You talked how well the slider was, and then things turned. And that's why Vince Velasquez is incomplete. A lot of people are going to say, look how good Vince Velasquez was. Mm-hmm. And I guess my point is, he and Rones were doing uh, almost exactly the same thing. They were almost identical pitchers. Rones was excellent. Velasquez was excellent. Velasquez didn't have the opportunity to decline because everyone saw what he's doing. <laughs> Like okay. Rowanzi. So all I'm saying is, yeah, he was good at beginning, but like we could easily be talking about Vince Velasquez and how he fell apart right now as well. Oh, yeah. I think we definitely would. Well, I mean, we are. Like his arm fell apart. Well, literally he fell apart, but I think we could be talking about it figuratively no, as well. No, but I think it's like it is somewhat connected here because we're talking about Luis Ortiz and Rowanzi Contreras both losing velocity on their fastball all of a sudden. Right. Vince Velasquez is a very similar type of dude with the slider heavy approach. Yep. Like I'm, I'm not really trying to grasp the straws here, but 
there's a bit of a connection there. And the slider is notoriously not really great on the elbow. Um, I also don't know that they tunnel it very well so that they almost sacrifice the rest of their pitches just to make sure that slider's so nasty. And it almost seems like the rest of their pitches are um, just not working as well as they should be because they're so focused on the slider and making it as good as it can be. And again, like Ron- at one point, Ronzi's slider was like, what, the fifth best pitch in baseball? And like mm-hmm. Vince Velasquez was like the eighth or tenth. And we're talking about elite sliders. Then. Then shit hit the fan. Yeah, it did. So, yeah, I guess, again, like with all the coaching staff, absolutely. I am okay with every single person being gone. I doubt that happens. I mean, I don't think that's really ever happened in this, in this sense, right? Not without a whole new regime taking over. So I doubt it happens, but I'm absolutely okay with it. But I'm with you. I think Andy Haynes absolutely goes. Oscar Green probably stays, and of course, Sheldon probably stays too. Yeah, that's the way I think it ends up shaking out is that Haynes is a fall guy. But I also think there's a better than zero chance that Derek Shelton's gone by the deadline next year. Because I can see yeah. next year being very bad. Next year, you have to. Again, this is, this is a big year for Charrington as well. Next year, in 2024, you have to see results, actual results, not excuses, not the future. Results matter absolutely in 2024. They should have mattered more this year. Carried on this rebuild even more. Whatever, whatever. (laughs) Okay. Can I say something? And I'm sure she can probably hear me right now. And if if not, I've already said it anyways. So, like, you have regular cups at home, right? I have mm-hmm. regular cups. Great cups. No yes. big deal. Just normal cups. My wife bought these things from. Like, what the hell is this shit? Like, what, what is this? This is just a normal cup. Why <laughs> do I have this and not a cup? <laughs> Dude, the, the real question is, why are you using that? Because I don't cup. have cups anymore. She, she thinks it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> she replaced them all with those. There's like four of these, right? Well, you only need one. It's actually like a whole day. <laughs> Look at this thing. Oh, my goodness. Stupid. God, sometimes I hate her. What a woman. <laughs> Anyways, away from my sippy cup now. I, don't I have know. no idea what we were saying. I don't either. The coaching staff, scapegoats, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I I was going to mention. I I do think that if this team starts, say five and fifteen next year, Derek Sheldon's got to be fired immediately. That's how short his leash has to be to me. I hate going like hot take stuff like that. You're on to. I mean, you're on to it. Yeah. It's twenty games. Like without knowing what happens. Like if if Eno cruises out again, you know, I mean, things happen, right? Whatever. But in like the grand scheme of things, I'm some with you. I'm not sold on him already. Next year means a little bit more. And if you go five and fifteen, there's absolutely a reason to make that point. Yeah, I fire him immediately if they're five and fifteen. Go. Yeah, and at that point, it might not even be his fault. 
it's just that's going to be a spot where you've you got to make a change just to make a change. If 20 and, and 8 got you an extension, yeah, 8 and 20 five and 15 fired. can get you fired, <laughs> right? 8 and 20 definitely should get you fired. Um, we're 54 minutes in. Was there anything else that you really wanted to talk about? Anything here in chat? No, they're all arguing about Derek Shelton still. I did want to ask you a question, though. Sure. So I know, like, Carrington gets a lot of flack for the bullpen, right? And the team doesn't have a great bullpen. So I was thinking and looking ahead into 2024, right? They've uh-huh. made a lot of trades. We've talked about the trades. Kind of underwhelming. You know, it is what it is. So I'm looking to see, like, who the Pirates could have on the roster next year. And I don't want to throw names out there. I just want to want to ask you, play a little game here, right? I want to start with the first player. Currently, this guy, shoot, hold on. I lost it. Um, okay. So currently, this reliever has a 291 expected ERA, right? ERA is 331. You just expected ERA. Yeah. Well, just because, right? FIPS 358. Because you know all the numbers. But here's the thing. Strikeout rate, 28.1%. Walk rate, 3.1%. A 203 batting average against. Would you want him? What side of his, uh, or which arm does he throw with? Lefty. What was his ERA? Two. I'm sorry. Three thirty-one. That is his ERA. No, I his don't. His ERA him. expected two ninety-one. No, I don't want him. You don't want him. No, at all. Nope. So even though striking out twenty-eight point one percent, walking three point one, batting average against two hundred three, a WHIP eighty-six. Nope. Don't want him. Okay. Guys, I tried. That's King Baraki. <laughs> I know it was King Baraki. <laughs> I tried to slide something in for you to say Ryan Brucky's good. I tried, hey, NS9 Discord, I tried for you guys. I couldn't you think I don't know the rest of the le- all the lefties ERAs? I, oh, I tried. I tried. I know it's not Perdomo. I know it's not Jose Hernandez. And I know I it's mean, not it, Rob Sistrin. I said it was a guy that they could add next year. They could have on the team next year. I didn't make it out to be a pirate. I knew you were talking about Ryan Barucki. I I figured you might. I tried though, guys. He's trash. <laughs> Jim says it's Ryan Barucki. <laughs> we need like Ryan Barucki entrance music. Every, every time he goes in the game, we got to play it on Twitter or in Discord or something. He's, oh my god, it's Ryan. You Barucki know what? Music. Hey, good for Ryan Barucki. He's probably bought himself another gig somewhere else in another major league pay just from this he, little stretch. He's definitely getting major league pay for this of the season. Yeah. But I mean, whenever he implodes, which will be very soon, he's some other team's going to pay him to bring him in. And cause they're going to see this little stretch. So good for him. I don't understand it, but nice. Terrible. He's actually been good. Yeah. The results have been fine, but he's terrible. Sure. He throws as hard as me. 
Yeah, well, and my my So does back. every other Charrington acquisition this trade that's, deadline. That's true. All right, we're kind of riffing now. Anything else? No one else in the chat has really brought up anything other than going back nope. and forth to Charrington and then talking about King King Barucky. So, we out of here. Yeah, I'm good. All right, let's get out of here. Appreciate everyone for watching. Um, as mentioned, we did open up a merch store. So if you're interested in any, any, any NS9 merch, it's in the description here, the link. Um, outside of that, the Pirates do play tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be back for a post-game show. So we will see you then. Bye-bye. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.